is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, so over this term, we have been looking at some of the values that are important to us as a church. And we've looked at things like worship and loving one another, mission, prayer, uh, generosity, word and spirit, uh, grace, uh, and so on. These sort of things that are important to us as a church and some of the values that God has spoken to us about over the years. And this morning, uh, we come to another of these subjects, which I have to confess, I have found it hard to sum up in a word or two. So all the other messages have had these snappy one-word titles very often, but I've struggled to describe what I'm going to talk about in a one- or two-word title. So if by the end of the message you think, Ah, oh, you could have called it this. Then please come and let me know. And uh, maybe it'll be a useful uh, point for the future of having it as a snappy title when we talk about it uh, again. But the subject for this morning, and I hope you'll notice I have my glamorous assistant known as the whiteboard here this morning. Some of you are very excited about this because it might mean that I'm going to demonstrate my artistic talents to you. So you've got that to look forward to as well. So what I want to talk about this morning is being part of a wider family. Being part of a wider family. Now, every family has a context a place, a a wider picture that they sit within. Now, I'm very aware that not every family has always great relationships with other parts of the family. But even if that's true, there is a context and your family maybe sits within the context of others. And if it's not a current thing, it's an historic thing. So every family has its place. The same is true for us as a local church. And it's that that I want to explore a little bit this morning. So this is not a typical preach. If you're visiting us this morning and thinking that was an unusual preach, then you're right. It is an unusual preach. It is not perhaps the normal way we would do things. But I did feel it was important to cover this subject because it's about us and some of the things that are important to us. So I'm not going to be uh, opening the Bible and preaching from a particular passage in a way that perhaps we would normally do. But don't worry, we are going to get to open it. Just those of you who are getting worried at this point, don't worry, it is coming. Because the New Testament records for us what it was like for Paul and his team to travel amongst the churches in the the early church period, and how they travelled to plant and then later to strengthen churches. So we we can look at a number of passages, but before we pray together in a moment, let's just 
let's just read a few verses together to get the sort of feeling for what happens in the early church. So if you've got a Bible with you, perhaps you would turn, please, to Acts chapter 13. We'll read the beginning of chapter 13 and the end of chapter 14. And we'll jump the bits in the middle. So the first few verses of Acts 13 says this, In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And then we get chapter 13 and 14 about the journey and where they went and what they did. And you can look at that um, perhaps in the week. They come to Lystra and Derby. Derby's in the New Testament there in Acts chapter 14. And then at the end of Acts 14, it says this in verse 26. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had, and they had committed. So I'll start again. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Now, if we had more time, we could look at these verses and the intervening ones between the beginning of 13 and the end of 14 and see some of the things that Barnabas and Saul got up to. And you can look at other journeys that we find recorded for us there in the New Testament as well, where you can see they began to plant churches and then travel amongst them uh, and teach the churches and relate to them. And they'd often say to one, well, this is what we've been teaching in a church over here, and I want to teach you the same thing. They'd, they'd write letters, and there was a sense of togetherness. Even though these churches were in different places, there was Saul, later known as Paul, and others who served them and traveled around to do so. And so maybe these verses give us a little bit of a glimpse of perhaps the way it was or the way it began to be in those earliest days. And with that in our mind, let's pray and let's look at how it is for us. Father, we want to thank you this morning that you are good, that you are loving, that you are perfect. We thank you, Lord, that you are at work in your world. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are building your church. And as this morning we talk about your church, we say again, Lord, this is yours. You are at work. You are building your church. And we thank you that we get to play a little part alongside that, working with you in what you're doing. And so this morning, help us to see how we fit into that, what our place is and what our contribution might be. We ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. So let's talk about where Jubilee fits and a little bit of our history and background. Jubilee started... Now, I know you're going to, say, you're going to correct me what, and what I say, so I'll correct myself first. Jubilee started in the mind of God. Okay, that's where things started. I know that. But in terms of it being revealed to us, Jubilee started way back in the midst of time where there was a young 20-something who at the time had hair and was enthusiastic for the purposes of God. And he felt God's call upon his life, even though he didn't really know what that meant and what it would lead to in the future. But he was open to God speaking. And then on one spring day in the late 90s, this rather dashing, full of hair young man. <laughs> it was me. It was me. It was me. Okay. One day in the late 90s, I was sitting in a meeting one Sunday morning. Now, confession, I didn't particularly expect anything life-changing to happen on that Sunday. It was not marked in my diary as the day the Lord will speak. It was a regular Sunday morning. I'd rocked up to church, as I had done for years previously, and... Um, I was pleased to be there and enjoyed being there. It was great to worship God together and was looking forward to, to hearing the word of God preached. But I wasn't anticipating God speaking in such a way that it would change my life forever. I wonder, just as a side note, what do you expect to happen on a Sunday morning? Did you expect God to speak and maybe break in and change everything for you or give you a new call or direction or sense of purpose or mission? I wonder, how do we come on a Sunday? What's our expectation? My expectation was not that anything particularly dramatic was going to happen on that Sunday morning, but it did. It really did. And the, the, the pastor of the church uh, got up and started to talk. So I was, this was in southeast London. And he started to talk about how he and his family were going to move from southeast London to Leicester, this place that was far away in an area they called the Midlands. It was, it was way up north, way up north. And um, Anthony started to talk about how, at the time, New Frontiers, we were a New Frontiers church there, had an initiative to plant and strengthen churches across the Midlands. At the time, New Frontiers mostly had churches in the south of England, with uh, a northern one in Bedford, and a very, very northern one in Newcastle. <laughs> and pretty much nothing in between. And uh, so there was an initiative uh, and a plan that the, the leaders felt of God to plant and strengthen churches uh, in the Midlands. And so Anthony and his family were going to move from uh, southeast London to Leicester to be a part of this. And uh, he was going to plant a church in Leicester. And I remember Anthony saying, uh, over time, we want to be involved in planting and strengthening churches right across the Midlands. 
you know, in, in however God may lead us. And he listed off a whole bunch of towns and cities across the Midlands that eventually we might, you know, in, in God like to work in. And so there were places like Leicester and Birmingham and Coventry and Derby and Nuneaton and Nottingham and, and uh, not Northampton and uh, a whole bunch of other places. And as he spoke, I felt God speak about Derby. Now, I didn't know where it was. I, I don't think I'd ever heard of it. I certainly hadn't been here. But I knew in that moment that God had spoken. And in that moment, the trajectory of my life changed in an instant. I hadn't particularly imagined moving away from southeast England. I enjoyed living in that area. My family were there. I enjoyed being near London. And, and I was reasonably settled work-wise. And so I hadn't expected the major things to change. But in that moment and that morning, everything changed. So by the autumn, I'd moved to Bedford and started a church planting training course. And then a year later, moved to Leicester to work alongside Anthony uh, and to undergo some leadership training over the next couple of years. Uh, I also, in that year in Leicester, ran a year team for some enthusiastic young people who loved Jesus and wanted to give a year to serving the church. And they were taking a year out before university. One of those young people um, is over there. And Sarah was part of, uh, of that team, together with some others. And no, before you ask questions, nothing was happening between us at that stage. Okay? Anyway, we digress. A year or so later, again, five of us, Sarah and I, uh, Matt and Louise, who are now in Burton, and another guy, Neil, uh, who's since moved away from the city, but was with us for, for a good period of time. The five of us moved to Derby, not really knowing very much, other than we felt God's leading to come here, and if God might lead it and bless it, to plant a church and see what God might do. Now, the reason for telling that story, and I could tell you our story for Sarah and I, as that Emerged over future years, but that's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother story we don't have time to get into this morning. But the reason we're telling you is not to give you a history lesson, but rather I want you to see that we fit into something bigger, into a larger church family. Jubilee doesn't exist just because it was someone's idea, mine or anybody else's, but it exists because we felt God speak to us and lead us. Our history is being part of something bigger, something larger. Our place in the world, if you like, is within an international family of churches called New Frontiers. So right from day one, we haven't been on our own. And this is so important. I know many pastors, and I've met many over the years, who don't have that sense of place, don't have that sense of belonging to a wider family. They're just really they're just on their own. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how they do it. I don't think I could do it. I really don't. I found the support and encouragement, the challenge sometimes as well, of having a wider network and family and relationships so important, invaluable. I couldn't do it on my own. Those that, that do, 
I've got a lot of respect for, but also know they're missing out on something that we so often take for granted. Sometimes churches join a network or a movement. For us, we were birthed out of one. That's our roots. New Frontiers is one of a number of new church movements that was based in the UK, initially in the UK, that came out of the charismatic renewal of the 70s and 80s. And to begin with, it was the ministry of Terry Virgo, who some of you may have heard of. It was really his ministry and his team that uh, New Frontiers was the name that was given to that. And over time, that ministry grew and the number of churches that were served uh, grew up. Many were planted, others were uh, adopted into the, to the family, if you like. But by about 2011, there were over 800 churches that were part of the New Frontiers family. And at that point, Terry handed over the leadership to a group of apostolic leaders, each of whom was to set up their own movement or, or, or network our own family, if you like, really. It's like having sons and their sons now leading their own family. So they were to lead their own family, lead their own apostolic team and have their own name and identity, but also retain some relationship, some accountability and friendship within the wider New Frontiers scene. So there are some things that are still done under the New Frontiers banner, but most of the energy and the life, if you like, is within those teams that have been subsequently set up. So let, let me draw an illustration for you. This may help you understand uh, what I'm talking about. So if you imagine on our piece of paper here, what I will start by drawing is... Some of you are upset it's not a train, aren't you? Yeah another time <laughs> this if you like is christendom all right so within christendom within churches around the world you've got lots of different families lots of different movements or networks or denominations you can call them what you like um, but you've got these uh, you know these different groups so you might have these are, these are not to scale in any way, shape, or form. Don't read anything into the size. What I'm drawing is purely a picture, okay? But you might have, uh, I don't know, you might have the Anglicans. You might have, uh, you might have the Baptists here. You might have, um, I don't know, the, the Methodists over there. You might have um, perhaps, I don't know, Vineyard here. And you, we could list lots, all right? But all around the world, you've got these different movements and there, there, there are lots and there's some overlapping sometimes. And anyways, you get the idea. One of these, okay, now this really isn't to scale because actually in reality in Christendom around the world, New Frontiers will be, a, will be a small part. But for the purpose of the exercise that you may understand what I'm saying, I will draw it larger. So within Christendom here, you've got New Frontiers, okay? So this circle is New Frontiers. And originally that would have been led by Terry and his team and uh, the individual churches um, in it relating. What happened in 2011, Terry, if you like, handed over that leadership to, uh, to this group of uh, apostolic leaders, one of whom was Jeremy Simpkins, who some of you may have heard of or know. And so within New Frontiers now, you've got a number of different teams that operate So 
some larger, some small again, some, some overlap sometimes. And one of these teams is what we call Christ Central. So I describe Christ Central as our little part of New Frontiers, which sits within the wider scene of Christendom around the world. Does that, that make sense? Okay, so, so we as a local church relate to the Christ Central team. This is where, this is where we sit. We, so within here, you'll have individual churches. Okay, so we're one of those churches that the Christ Central team serve. Actually, there's around about 300 or so churches that the Christ Central team serve now around the world. The team's led by Jeremy Simpkins, as many of you will know. And we're working in around about 25 or so nations. So our immediate family, if you like, our immediate context and place is in here, in Christ Central. That's where we sit. That's where our immediate relationships are. But it sits within the wider New Frontiers family, which sits obviously within the wider sense of Christendom around the world. And many of you will know that uh, I have the privilege of serving on the Christ Central team, working with Jeremy and others, uh, also a director of the charity that sort of sits behind it legally. So that, that's, where, that's our place. That's where we sit. But it's really important that you know Actually, we have really good relationships with these other teams, with the New Frontiers, and within some of these other church groupings in Christendom. I've got some friends in the city who are leaders of churches in other movements who are classed not just as colleagues who happen to do a similar job to me, but as genuine friends. And so we honour what God is doing across the church, global. Okay? We, we honour that and respect that. We might have some differences. We might do some things differently. But where Jesus is honoured and the Bible is preached, we honour and respect, even though we might do some things differently. But that's our place. That's where we sit. And so as a Christ-central family, we've got some values. I just want to tell you what they are. We don't have time to, to preach into them all this morning, but it'll give you an idea of some of the things that are important to us here in our little circle, these 300 or so churches that work with us as a team. They, these are our distinctives, if you like, as Christ-central. Being friends, enjoying God together. Building churches empowered by word and spirit. Advancing the kingdom, transforming the world. And finally, reaching nations and making disciples. Each of those, oh, hey, oh, there we are, fabulous, thank you. Each of those phrases I could probably do a whole preach on. Certainly that the whole thing uh, would be a preach in itself and uh, even each of the, the phrases, I, I guess, would be, would be a standalone message. But this just gives you a flavour of some of the things that are important to us in our little part here. Some of our distinctives. Being friends. Enjoying God together. Building churches empowered by Word and Spirit. We heard about Word and Spirit just a couple of weeks ago. Advancing the kingdom, transforming the world and reaching nations 
making disciples. That's, that's where we sit. That's where our immediate relationships are. And so it's helpful, I think, for you to understand that, particularly if, you know, if you're newer to Jubilee, for you to see where, where we sit, where our relationships are, where our sense of accountability is, where we sit within the, within the bigger picture. But since we began Jubilee, we've always wanted to play our part in the wider family. I've never wanted Jubilee to be a church that just takes, just receives. We do need to receive. We do need input from others and outside gifts and so on. But as well, we want to be a church that gives. So we've been involved in all sorts of things over the years. When New Day first started back in uh, 2004, first couple of years was at Newark in Nottingham. I was involved in, in helping to lead that. And then it came to Utoxita for uh, three years, I think it was, based there. And in those years, uh, we had outreach programs in Derby and we arranged uh, various projects for hundreds of teenagers to be involved with uh, in, in the summer period for New Day. I used to lead the team that ran New Frontiers Prayer and Fasting for, for UK-based leaders for a number of years. And some of you have been around a little bit longer will have been involved in that and served in that and served hot chocolate to those leaders who are fasting. Funnily enough, when you do a two-day fasting conference, serving hot chocolate on the first evening is very popular. Leaders add an awful lot of sugar. It transpires. <laughs> and some of you were involved in that here in Derby when we had it in Derby and later in Peterborough. In more recent times, we've been supporting work in Cambodia. I mean, just this month, raising just shy of $5,000 towards Sam and Abby being able to purchase a car, 4 by 4 for the outreach project that they're, that they're um, involved in, leading there. And then just this week, we've sent out, um, I don't know, there they are. we've sent out a box of Christmas presents for the 100 or so kids that are involved uh, in, the, in the projects that they're, they're working on. And uh, Chris has done a fabulous job in putting that together. It's not here, but do pass on our, our thanks, Derek. And uh, we've, we've been able to send those out um, to Sam and Abby just this, 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 just this week uh, as a gift for the kids that are uh, part of the project there. Some years ago, we paid for a children's church building for a church in Prenet Priya. And we helped fund one of our members to spend some time in Cambodia uh, over the summer period working in an orphanage in a place called Ang Long Ven. And I've been involved in visiting a number of times uh, over the years to train uh, and encourage pastors. And like I said more recently, being part of the Christ Central team. Do you see how we're playing our part? How we've got something to give, not just to receive. And so many of you are involved in praying for, for example, Sam and Abby and um, just talking of, of others that have gone in, in various recent years. We've all got a part to play, be it to pray or give or sometimes actually to go and to serve and encourage and, and be a blessing. At the moment, I'm working with uh, Marcus and Leah as they plant a church in Chemnitz in eastern Germany. We'll hear about that in just a moment. 
But some of you will know that you know, my time is split between Jubilee locally and Christ Central internationally. But actually, other people are involved as well. So David's involved in helping to uh, run Christ Central Communications. Sandy recently has become a non-executive director of the Christ Central charity. Different people are involved in doing different things. And we've been encouraged over the years by prophetic words from other people that have come into us and encouraged us to see Jubilee as a church that blesses others. To play our part in helping encourage other churches and leaders. We had a picture once about Jubilee being a large tree. And as this tree grew, it had many branches that brought shade and covering to others. A sense of that people would want to come and receive that, that shade and covering and shelter under, if you like, our tree. You see, God has called us to make a difference, not just here in Derby, but to play our part, whatever that might be, be it big or be it small, in what he wants to do around the world. We've all got a part to play in that. You can call it different things. God's called us to be a resource church or an apostolic base. Actually, that's true, but the names aren't really so important as actually the heart of what he's calling us to, which is to be a blessing, to be an encouragement, to help others on their journey. So we might not be a massive church, but God has put massive things in our hearts and continues to do so. Right in the very DNA is a desire to serve and bless others. Not just here, but right around the world. So, Steve, why don't you uh, come up? Had Steve not been unwell recently, there's a microphone on that chair just there if you want to grab that. Thank you. Uh, You would have been in Germany this weekend representing us uh, here in Jubilee uh, and encouraging Marcus and Leah in Chemnitz. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and I think you can lead us in prayer for them, aren't you? you? Fabulous. Go Brilliant. for it. Thank you. Well, you. We actually came here, if you remember, back in May, for those who are here back in May. So you can actually watch the preach, I think, that Marcus and Leah did on, the, uh, on our YouTube channel. But what I'd like to do, first of all, is just, just to teach you all a simple phrase of German that I'd like to end the prayer with us all shouting out in German this phrase. And it, what, it, what, what you're going to say is, Jesus has redeemed me. So a very simple phrase. So Jesus in German is Jesus, okay? And Jesus. then it's hat mich erlöst. So let's all say that together now. Jesus hat mich erlöst. Let's say it again. Come on, let's say it a bit louder. At the end of the prayer, I want a big shout going up. Jesus hat mich Erlöst. Right, okay, that's good. So at the end of my prayer, I'm going to say something like, you know, we, every, we, we pray that everybody in Chemnitz will proclaim, and we're going to say that, okay? Now, there's a group of people out there, about 30 people have come together from across Germany, a group from the UK. Actually, somebody else has gone, who Graham and I know, from another church in Derby, um, to go out and be with them. And they're looking to have a good time, because I've been seeing updates and pictures and stuff on WhatsApp, which has been really good because I'm really sad that I couldn't go because of my health situation. But one of the people going from the UK um, had this, was praying about it in their church, 
and had this picture of a bowl of fruit. I don't know if that's going to come up, but they had a picture of a bowl of fruit. And what they sensed was that this picture was this simple basket with produce and that all the people coming for the prayer weekend would bring their contribution and put it in the basket. And then Marcus and Leah would take that basket with them and they will have exactly what they need for this point in time in their journey. And it's not complicated, but this basket would have give them, which is on the screen there, exactly the right ingredients that they would need. And so that's really good that, you know, again, as Graham was saying, people coming from all over the, probably the wider New Frontiers and Christ Central family and blessing and giving contributions to that church. And then when Graham, you know, said, asked me, to pray, uh, which is, you know, com- I suppose <laughs> a good alternative to not sadly not being there. I sensed about, the, you know, the passage in Jonah, from, and, I, and I emphasized to add this is from chapter three of Jonah onwards because I feel awkward talking about Jonah because, of course, Marcus and Leah, unlike Jonah, were obedient in the first instance to what God was telling them to do. But Jonah three talks about how when Jonah was obedient to God, and he went to Nineveh and preached the gospel there, that that city was changed. So my prayer is that as they were obedient to God, that that city would be changed. So that's a bit about what what I sense God is saying and about the city. And as I say, you can hear some more information from watching Marcus and Leah's preach. Or come and talk to me a bit afterwards, and I'll happily share about the historic situation around that church and in Germany and stuff with you. But on on to prayer now, which is the most important thing. (laughs) So I'm going to pray. Marcus has given me a number of prayer points, which maybe we could share later, um, around Chemnitz residents, the Chemnitz city, other churches that they're working with in Chemnitz. Remember, they're following that principle that, you know, Graham was sharing earlier about working with the wider body of Christ and, of course, specifically for the church plant. So let's... Let's pray now. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to pray, Lord, in mind, Lord God, that when people are obedient, Lord God, to your call and your word, that, you know, as Graham was sharing about himself earlier with here in Derby, that that you can change a city, that you can see a city change, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you would change that city, Lord, of Chemnitz, Lord. We want to praise Pray, Lord God, for the Chemnitz residents. We want to pray, Lord God, for that they would have good community engagement, that they would have that sense of involvement and support and have that understanding of different cultures and languages, Lord God, and that they would receive your truth and, car- and, uh, and clarity for all that they're doing. And we pray, Lord God, for that city of, city of Chemnitz as well, for that image, Lord God, that it's going to be like the European city of culture in a few years. And just for that reputation and recognition and for decisions made by local politicians that they would have a a positive impact, Lord God, on on the city, Lord God. And and really, thank you, Lord, that we can see things are changing there, Lord God, that you'd really bless that city. And I thank you, Lord God, for Marcus and Lear, for the way, Lord God, that they've been working with other churches, Lord God, and the welcome, Lord God, that they've had from, and that relationship, Lord God, that they've had with other churches, Lord God, in Chemnitz. 
and pray, Lord God, that you would that they would be able to work together and you give them a clear vision, you know, for evangelistic opportunities, Lord God, in that city as well. And we pray specifically for this, you know, for the church plant that you've called them to lead, that they'd have deep roots in the city and friendship and get that sense of, of a str strong core fellowship. And, Lord God, that you would bring out, that they would grow, Lord God, that you bring people to them who can help serve and work alongside them, Lord God, as, as part of the church, Lord God. And, you know, that they, you know, particularly, Lord God, as well, Lord God, as they do that for their support network here, Lord God. And that you guide them in every step, Lord God, that they do, that they'd have... You'd show them the big steps at the right time, Lord God, for, you know, outreach, social action projects, public meetings, and guide them where they would be in that city, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, you would change the city. And through the work that Marcus and Leah are doing and the other, and the other, and the other churches in Chemnitz are doing, we want to ask, Lord God, that everybody in Chemnitz would say, Jesus hat mich erlöst. Let's say it again one more time. Jesus hat mich erlöst. Amen. Thank you for letting me pray. And just to say now, when, when we may be looking next year to send a group out how we can serve them, there's no excuse for not coming now because you know how to basically preach the gospel in German. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. I know that uh, Marcus and Leah are hoping to do a similar weekend uh, next year. So uh, it'd be great if uh, we can send a, a group of people out to be part of that and, and support that. And uh, I'm sure, Steve, you'll be looking forward to, to getting out there uh, at a future time. So just, just as we wrap up, uh, what I want to outline is that Jubilee is not isolated. We are not on our own. We've got great relationships here within Christ Central, within the wider New Frontiers family and indeed across the wider church body. So let's do all we can to receive input and encouragement and support from other gifted leaders. But also, I want us to ensure that each of us get to play our part in being a blessing to what God is doing, not just here, but elsewhere as well. You see, if he's given that to us as a church to do, and I believe he has, what that means is he's given it to us to do together, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement. So that means it's all of us, all, all of you and, and, and others. We all get to play. And like I said earlier, we can all pray, many can give, some will go, but each of us can be a blessing, not just to what God is doing here in Jubilee, but in some other places as well. I know some of you have uh, come with me to different churches when I've had the opportunity and privilege of speaking elsewhere. And some of you have traveled and come to some uh, other churches over the years. And it's been, it's been great, uh, I think, for those that you have done that to see what God is doing elsewhere. But let me tell you, it's been great for the churches we've visited to have others that have come alongside and gone, oh, you're doing a great job. Well done with what you're doing there. It's a, it's a fabulous initiative. Or, or well done and keep going. And all of us can do that because all of us need that. 
So ultimately, the good news is that Jesus is building his church. Amen? Do you believe it? So it's his church. He's the one building it. But he uses us in the process. What a privilege and what an opportunity he's given us. Let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we do want to thank you that you are building your church. Thank you that you're building Jubilee. Thank you you're building other churches in the city. And we thank you for what you're doing across our Christ Central family and the wider family of New Frontiers. And God, thank you that you've given us a place. Thank you we've got a part to play. Thank you that we fit into a, into a wider family context. And Lord, I pray that we as a church would know our place in that. And I pray for each of us as individuals that we would know our place and how we can be an encouragement and blessing to others. Lord, that's on our heart. That's what you've put in us, that we wouldn't just see, that our vision wouldn't just be limited to Derby and even the surrounding areas. But Lord, you would expand our vision and our heart to the very ends of the earth, to every nation and people group under the sun. And so, Father, we pray that you might use us in whatever way you see fit to be a blessing and encouragement and to reach those who don't know you yet, maybe who've never heard of you. We ask, Lord, that you would help us play our part in fulfilling the Great Commission. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sunday morning.